and the judge will confirm that you did. <laughs> Amen. So here, I want to talk to you about something that I believe we can all relate to. And I know that this is going to be something you might even be here right now. And those of you that are watching via social media, I'm sure that you may be here as well. And I tell you that this word is going to help you today. This word is going to help you get over that tough spot, that rough spot. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house? Is there a rough spot in the house? Well, I want to talk to you <laughs> from the subject of, and you're going to like the subject because you know you right there. When Jesus seemed to be running late. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, yeah, I got, I got some witnesses in the house. Cause some of y'all right now, just like this guy, you like, come on, Jesus, I've been waiting on you. <laughs> when Jesus seemed to be running late, let me tell you something. Anytime you need Jesus, there is a time or two you're gonna say to yourself, Jesus is must be somewhere off doing miracles somewhere else. And I am waiting for him and he hasn't shown up. And then we get spiritual and say, but I'm standing in faith. But the truth of the matter is, is you're saying, look, Jesus, I don't know how much longer I can last. I've been judging this thing and you missed a lot of good opportunities to show up. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When Jesus seemed to be running late. Let me tell you, the life that we live, according to Haggai 2.4, according to uh, Romans 1.17, according to uh, Galatians 3.10, uh, 3.11, I believe, and, and according to Hebrews 10.38, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. And if you're the just, if you are saved, you've been justified by the blood of Jesus. So therefore, you have a mandate to live by faith. Faith is not just, and see, we misunderstand the application of faith. Faith is something that's tangible, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is something that is, you have to apply. And the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by applying the word of God to the stuff you don't understand. While trusting God that what he said is going to be that way. So we are the just. Anybody agree? Now, when you believe God for something, it might be your finances. It might be your health. It might be a promotion. It might be you're believing for a new home. It might be you're believing for better transportation. No matter what it is you're believing for, many times we have the tendency of putting God on our timetable. First mistake. Why? Because God placed us inside of time. God never came in here with us. Let me say that again. God placed us inside of time. But God never came in here with us. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He never ceased to be everything. And time is too shallow and too small to contain him. So he never came in here with us. So when you start talking about by Friday, God doesn't know what you're talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a disconnect right there with God because we have put him on a time schedule. 
And we're going to find out this morning that sometimes, well, let me read these scriptures because this is something that you've heard of. Let's go to St. John chapter 11, and we're going to start at verse 1. The Bible says, and listen to this because many of you know the story, but relative to what we're talking about now and about God coming late, being showing up late and all of this, this is going to really help you some. The Bible says uh, in chapter one, it says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. Now, to show you who he's talking about, this verse two says, this Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. What it's doing is it's establishing the fact that this is a woman like you and I who believe that you have done some good things for the Lord in the past. Now you need him to come through and you start counting up your good deeds, thinking that that's going to harry the Lord alone. So she did some good things. And the Bible says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. Now, if you bring this in modern day vernacular, you got to go back to the old days and look. She sent word to Jesus. Simply means that she prayed. That's what you and I would do. If we want Jesus, we send word to him. Anybody, anybody can follow me on that. You have to pray. The Bible says whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Jesus said whatsoever you ask the father in my name, he will give it you. So she sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, this wasn't someone who was out drinking at the bar. This wasn't someone who was out running around and uh, committing adultery. This wasn't one who was uh, walking around angry. No, she qualified it and said, Lazarus, the one you love is sick. How many of you believe the Lord love you? Amen. All right. So what I'm trying to say is, even though God loves you, that's not enough to keep certain things from trying to get into your life. So you don't have to feel because we got this this black and white theology in the church that if it's something good going on, God's behind it. If it's something bad going on, God is behind it. Let me tell you something. The devil can take something good and enter in something good and make it bad. That's evident by Genesis, the first chapter, when the Bible says that everything that God made, the Bible says it was good. Did it not say that? But also in Genesis, who was this guy who comes up and starts seducing uh, uh, Eve and starts saying things to her about have not the Lord said this was something God made that was good, but the enemy got involved. Which. You can take a good and let the enemy make bad out of it. But here she sent word the one that you love is sick. Verse four says, 
when he heard this, Jesus said, and this is very important because I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what your struggle is right now. I don't know what your battle is right now. However, I want you to know this. Uh, I didn't I didn't fade out, did I? I'm good. Okay. Thank you. Now, this is it. This. Jesus said, this sickness, here's another translation, and I like this, will not end in death. Here Jesus is proclaiming and prophesying that what you are dealing with right now will not end in your destruction. Now, we're talking about people that's going through a battle. Now, you could be out here doing stuff all out of the will of God. Now, you can't get in the promises. This is where God loved him, and he was still in the will of God, but the bottom line was he turned sick. And Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, I'm going to give you a revelation about something. I can't actually give you a revelation, but I'm going to give you the word, and I hope the Holy Spirit unfolds it for you. Some things that you are going through is not about you. Sometimes we take things so personal that I'm going through this. So, you know, this, and you look at every avenue in every situation from your point of view but I just want to tell you everything that you're going through is not about you sometimes you are going through things that the onlookers will see the glory of God manifested in your life because you walk through it so it's it's not for us to look at it and then here we we understand this Sometimes God is trying to purge you. Sometimes God is trying to change you. Did you know that God never gave us the word of God so that our life, we could live easy and, and we could live better? That, that's not God's motive for giving you the word of God. Now, a lot of people in the faith realm would not like that, that I said it. But God gave you the word of God in order to equip you to take you through some challenges so that in the end, you will be better. Not your situation, you. Remember, Paul said it this way. Paul said that there was giving me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. In other words, what he said is, is that because of the abundance of revelation, because of me learning, because of me growing, there was giving me a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. What he basically says is that I sought the Lord to get rid of this thing three times. He said, and the Lord said unto me, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Here is the transition. Paul said, therefore, rather will I glory in my infirmity, for when I am weak, the power of God rests upon me. So therefore, when I'm going through something, I won't be so quick in order to say, God, the only way I can survive this is if you remove it. He said, I have learned that God said, whatever state that I'm in, I can be content because if I'm going through a challenge, God will take me through that challenge and all the things in my character, all of the things in my personality, all of the things in my life that are not necessary, he will deliver me from those things that are holding me back from the next level and I will come out better. 
See, First Lady said this. She said, we are living in the hardest times that we've ever lived in, known to mankind. There are more temptations. Well, there are more temptations. There are more tests. There are more trials. There are more exposure. There are more things coming at us. There are more things you can get involved in. We are living in a hard time, a tough time. And the thing of it is, is God has to take us from point A to point B. And in doing so, we have to leave some things behind. That's the part we don't get. We have to leave some things. There are some things in your life right now you could never have on the next level. There are some things in your life right now that you can never operate in on the next level. Say, for instance, and I'm just using this just, just as an illustration and teaching. Say your favorite thing is your TV. You got to make a decision somewhere that when Jesus come to rapture the church, you either go with Jesus or stay with your TV. See, there's going to come in a separation and you have to make that. Well, actually, the decision need to already be made because he said, when I come, my rewards are with me. And I come quickly. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you'll be changed. Corruptible will put on incorruptible. Mortality will put on immortality. So what I'm saying is there are things in your life right now that you cannot live with on the next level. And we know what those things are. We really do because those are the things that's so hard for us to let go of. You ever heard somebody who quit their job and 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 now they're just just sitting at home? Now I don't know if this is your case or not, so don't 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 you know don't do that. And 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 you're just sitting at home. Your question is, why didn't you get another job before you let that one go? That's how you keep progressing. Now, here is my point. My point is, is that God, you have to see what God is trying to give you as better than what you have. Or you won't let go. And many times you have to step out in the unknown in order to do that. So everything that's going on in your life is not about you. Many times God wants to get glory and people who you talked about in good times. For God, I live and for God, I die. If you don't want to go on with me, don't hinder me. If mama don't want to go, don't hinder me. Daddy don't want to go. Don't hinder. People heard you say that. Now, those same people are watching how you respond to controversy. Watch how you respond to adversity. Does it match what you said before? See, God wants to get glory many times out of the things that we go through. The Bible says we are living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable unto God. And that's just our reasonable service. The Bible told us that we will suffer many things. Now, let me tell you this. When God says suffer, he is basically saying, uh, which listen listen I'm going to say this and I have to move on if I'm going to finish this 
But many times we think that we are engaged in spiritual warfare just because we are trying to keep from being offended. Just because we're trying to keep from operating in uh, uh, temptations. Just because, listen to me, that's not spiritual warfare. Now this might shake you up a little bit. That's not spiritual warfare. We make everything spiritual warfare. That's not spiritual warfare. That's simply a discipline of the flesh. You have to learn to discipline your flesh that you don't get angry all the time. You have to learn to discipline your flesh that you can stand against temptation. That's not spiritual warfare. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm pretty soon I'm going to share some things about this. But spiritual warfare is when you are in a situation to where they are killing folks because they believe in Jesus, because they are standing on the word of God, because Christianity is hated in all of these countries. And you have to believe for your life. And yet do the will of God. You in spiritual warfare. Then. You follow what I'm saying? You're in spiritual warfare whenever the enemy has trying to come and for your stand for your faith, just like they were doing. And they was putting pastors in prison because or in jail because they would not marry certain people. And all of these things went down like that. You're in spiritual warfare when you have to believe God that these laws are saying this is going to happen. But you say this and you having to stand in the middle of that and you're being pulled in both directions. You're in spiritual warfare. So we make everything about spiritual warfare and it's not really spiritual warfare. But anyway, let's just let's continue to move on because I want to. Now. Verse. Five through eight. Now, Jesus, Martha and her sister and her sister and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard that therefore he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. How many of y'all right now need Jesus? How many of you right now believe in God for something to break through? The Bible says that when Jesus heard, that Lazarus was sick. He abode two days in the same place where he was. Now, listen, I don't know if y'all got a problem with this or not. But when I shine a little light on here, this might help you out a little bit. <laughs> where Jesus was was two miles away. <laughs> two miles away. And Jesus stayed two days. And if that had been you, you'd have been like, Jesus, if you had, whether you got on a donkey, a camel, you'd have been here in two days. We start attacking Jesus' integrity when he don't move like we want him to. Is there any other honest people in the house? Two days, Jesus. Listen, Jesus. Two days in the same. It looked like he was ignoring. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Two days in the same place where he was. And then the Bible says. Verse seven. Then after that, he said to his disciples, 
Let us go to Judea again. And verse 8, his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? In other words, they started thinking about themselves too, because you told us to come on and go with you. <laughs> come on, y'all. Yeah. Jesus said, Let us return to Judea. They were like, Whoa, 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 Jesus, did you forget? You talking about let us go? Did you forget? Did they try to kill you when you was there the last time? And then we start doing stuff like this. Well, I tell you what, I, I need to go down here to mom and them and I get up with you. You know, you want to send Jesus on by itself. Jesus is not afraid to go into the place of your deepest fears in order to help you. Jesus is not afraid to go in those difficult places that no one knows about but you in order to help you. What did Jesus say? He said, you must need, we must need to go to Samaria. Samaria is the place nobody really wanted to go. There are places in your life, how many of you know this, that you need Jesus to go into your life and you don't want anybody else to go, but you want Jesus to come because you know you need help. Jesus will come into your darkest fears, your deepest troubled areas, the ones you protect, guard, and hide in order to help you. You have to open up and just be honest and say, this is me. You already know. This is me, Jesus. I need help. I'm dealing with some things that I know is not of you. I got some habits in my life that I know is not of you. I got some mindsets that I know is not you. And I need you to deliver me from this. Because if you don't allow God to deliver you from that, those same habits and tendencies and all of that is going to try to overthrow you. Are you listening? And if Jesus hadn't shown up, it doesn't matter how close you are to deliverance. If Jesus hasn't shown up, Jesus has a reason. That's the time we do self-examination. When you're waiting on him, you are to then look inside and say, do I need to fix this? Do I need to fix that? Is there anything in me that's going to keep me from holding on to my deliverance? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Now, the Bible says, let me, let me move on. Here is verse 11 through 15. The Bible says, these things said he, and after that he said unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I might awake him out of sleep. Listen to me, guys. Whatever you're dealing with right now, it's not over till God says it's over. As far as he's concerned, it's just in an idle state. You see destruction. You see yourself being dominated. You see yourself losing the battle. But he said right now, he said, I have kept this thing from overtaking you. And if you will allow me to come into your life, I will come and resurrect your dreams. 
I will come and resurrect your desires. I will come and fix your situation because the situation is not the end. It will not end in death. See, he has a tendency to look at things a lot differently than we do. And whatever you're dealing with right now, you might think that's the end. You might think I can't go any further. How many times have you been there? Well, it looked like this is the end. I can't go any further. I don't know what to do from here. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know if I can go any further. And every time the enemy tried to tell you that that was the end, God came and resurrected your situation every single time. They said I had cancer. He said, it just sleepeth. They said, I'm broke. He said, it just sleepeth. They said that I got to move out of my apartment. That's because I got you a house. They told me that my car is the engine has blown up. That's because I had you another one. See, long as you got that one, you will rely on that one. But if you turn it loose, you got to let Ishmael go if you want to see Isaac. You got to let Ishmael go if you want to see Isaac. But we like control too much. We want to hold on to stuff too much. And he said, if you don't let Ishmael go, he said, Isaac is never going to come. See, Isaac was the promise. Ishmael is what you've done in the flesh. Anytime you try to set your life up on how you figure it to come out in the flesh, you're going to lose. Because God is going to send you down that road where you got to believe him when you don't see nothing else. But we like control. We like control, but you can't control God. I can tell you that right now. You got to let go. See, it's that thing. And, and I've done this illustration, and I won't do it again for the second time. But I've done this illustration in this church more than one time. I had somebody stand up in front of me. And most of the time, it's a young person. And I tell them because they tend to be smaller. And, uh, and I tell them. <laughs> and I say, fall back. And they fall back. You remember because I used you when you was a lot smaller. <laughs> He a grown man now. <laughs> I, I got to go find me another. <laughs> but I say fall back. And when they fall back this, this far, they all strong. It's, you know, fall back. Do you trust me? Sure, fall back. Then I get way down here and I tell them to fall back. Somewhere in their drop, you see panic in their eyes. They start flipping and turning, trying to catch themselves. Because... There's a level of trust most of us won't pass. Long as we feel like I can catch my own balance from right here. From right here. But if I start falling in an area where I can't see that you are there, I freak out and I help myself. Come on. Come on. I help myself. And that's where the flesh get in the way. That's where the flesh start adding stuff up for you. Come on. He said your situation just sleepeth right now. It will not end in death. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't know who you are and I don't know what you're going through. 
But the Lord said to you this morning, your situation is not going to end in destruction. He said, because I know the end from the beginning, because I prophesied the end from the beginning. So I already know what's going to happen. You have to discover what's going to happen. Proverbs 3 said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, not just the one right right up here. In all your ways, even when you're falling and you don't know how you can get back up. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. In all your ways, stop giving me the little stuff you can do yourself. And stop giving me stuff that you know you can't do. Did not Abraham go to him? And Abraham said, I'm old and my wife's womb is dead. There ain't nothing in the natural I can do about that. So guess what? I'm going to do what you tell me to do and you can do what I can't do. And he began to depend on the Lord. That's what you got to do. You got to depend on the Lord because you know you can't do it. I know. Easier said than done. But it's got to be done if you want to see it get easier. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is talking to us because in this last day, we are controlled by everything that we can feel, see, touch, and taste. But God has said, I'm a God of faith. And when I speak something to you, you won't see it. You won't feel it. You won't know it. You can't touch it and you can't taste it. You got to do it based off of my integrity. Have I ever lied to you? I'm not a man. That's a lie. You got to trust God. You got to trust God. But it's hard to trust somebody you don't know. It's hard to trust somebody you're not familiar with. Oh, Jesus. Verse 12 says, listen to this. Then said the disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he do well. In other words, you come to a place. And many of us are there right now where you start to question the Lord. Based off of your knowledge, if you sleep, he do well. And then listen to this. Verse 13. How be it Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. In other words, listen to me. For God to call those things that be not as though they were, he can't call them what you call them. You call it the end. God calls it the beginning. You calls it defeat. God call it victory. You know why? That the glory of God might be manifest. He don't call it what we call it. Are, are you following what I'm saying? But the Bible says he spoke of his death, but he didn't call it death. Because he knew that he was the fourth man. He knew that when they put you in the furnace, he was already in the furnace waiting. He didn't have to come in with you. He was waiting because he knew you was coming in the furnace. And he was standing in the furnace waiting on you to show up. And the very thing the devil used in order to try to destroy you is the thing, you listen to what he said, he'll make your enemy your footstool. That's the same thing you're going to step up on. They put all of them sweaters and toboggans on them to burn them up. But when they opened up that fire, that was the very thing that kept them from being burned up. What the enemy meant for your evil. Come on, Jesus. Verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, 
In other words, Jesus had to get plain about the situation. Because sometimes when he's talking to us in the faith realm, we don't hear. We don't hear. So he had to say to him plainly, Lazarus is dead. There is a scripture I didn't put down in here where Jesus, when he went to the Lord, he said, Lord, I thank you that you hear my prayer and that you always hear my prayer. But for their sake, I said it. Yeah, you read that. He said, I only said it because of them. Kind of put me in the mind of Paul said, I wanted to give you meat, but you couldn't take meat right now. He said, the only thing you could take, he said, I had to give you, I had to give you the uh, uh, milk. I had to give you milk because you could not take the meat of the word. You couldn't take that. And sometimes he had to say things plainly to us. Jesus ever said anything plainly to you? There's times I've heard him say, close your mouth. Sometimes he said plainly. When he give you that thing over in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 29 and 30, let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of thy mouth. Don't that sound cute? Let no corrupt communication. Sometimes he had to say, shut your mouth up. I had to say it plainly. You're talking too much. <laughs> I ain't the only one. I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> Praise God. So, listen to this. Now, here Jesus is getting ready to take that thing to another level. One, we found out that Jesus heard that Lazarus was dying. Secondly, we found out that Jesus waited two more days where he was. Thirdly, we found out that he was only two miles away. <laughs> where, was, where was Jesus? About down there to that sheets? <laughs> he was down there at sheets and we were still sitting up here talking about, Lord, come quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and two days later he still didn't show up oh boy don't you know they start judging Jesus yeah, you know that's just how he do sometimes he just didn't want to come come on some of y'all say it nicely but you mean it the same way now we're getting ready to go Jesus is going to take it to another level verse 15 listen to what he said he said and I am glad for your sake that I was not there <laughs> wait a minute come on hold up <laughs> I'm glad I won't dare. When you going through some tough stuff, like you might be right now, and he tell you, I'm glad I wasn't there. Some of y'all don't know how, some of y'all feel some type of way right now. <laughs> he said, I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent that you would believe. See, a lot of times we think that if Jesus was there in the very beginning, we might say that it was because of something else that caused our deliverance. We might say it wasn't really going to be this bad. We might say, see, you got to get convinced that there is no way out of it. You got to be convinced that you have extended all of your opportunities and there is nothing else there that will help you. I know sometimes me and my wife have gone through situations and as much as we have learned, we come to a place where, look, it's out of our hands. I prayed. I fasted. I've done all of this. And we're still looking at this situation. Let's put it this way. Lord, if you don't do it, we jacked up. We're jacked up. If you don't come to our rescue, we don't have no other way. If you don't show up, we're done. And boy, that makes it so much sweeter 
when he comes through and you know he heard your prayers. It makes it so much sweeter when you know that no one knew where you was but you, God, and the devil. And you know the devil didn't bless you. You know when you're in a situation that you can't change and you know that you have extended all of your resources. You know, just like David, when he came back in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, and he went back to Ziglag, and he saw that they had taken all his family, taken all his children, taken the wives of the men that, the men that ran with him, taking all of that stuff, and then they wanted to stone him. David, the Bible says, all his hope was gone. The same way Paul was out there before he got uh, to, uh, uh, what's that, Rock of the Dawn? He was out there water and the Bible says that the storm came on them and he said all hope was gone. All he could see was jaws. <laughs> he heard the theme music. Dun, 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 and the Bible says all hope was gone. But he said, sirs, you should have listened to me before you lose from Crates. He said that God visited me this night, the God whom I serve. And he told me I must go and stand before Caesar. Let me tell you something. God has something else in your life that you are going to have to do. This situation can't take you out. There's something else you need to do. There's something else you need to do. And when all hope is gone, God has a way. He said, hope. Make it not a shame. And that scripture translated said, hope does not disappoint. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. I don't know how bad you think it is. But this thing is not unto death. And I'll tell you right now, hope will not disappoint. When you put your trust in God, hope will not disappoint. You know what you got to do, though? You got to grow up. You got to put on your big boy and big girl Bible. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You got to put on your big boy and your big girl Bible. You got to scrap up. That's right. That's right. Time, you walking around that little thing you stick in your pocket. You got to go get that big white one off the table. You got to put on your big boy Bible. Time for you to grow. Time for you to grow. God can't use you where you are. He's already used you up where you are. God has already used you up where you are. Don't you know it? Why do you think that there's a continual frustration? Because there is no hope where you are. There's nothing else that you can see where you are. God has already used you up where you are. And now he has greater things. He said, behold, I do a new thing. Can you recognize it? Do you see it? Do you have any understanding, any hope of it? I want to do something different with you that you've never seen before. That's why it's called new. Oh, let me finish this thing. Let me finish this thing. He said, I'm glad for your sake that I wasn't there to the intent that you believe. Nevertheless, let us go to Lazarus. Let us go to where he is. Nevertheless, come on, boys. And I know they still was reluctant, but they went. And let me tell you something right here. I want you to remember this right here. Be careful who you share your pain with. Be careful who you show your share your pain with. See, when you start, when your pain start leaking, that's the last time you need to start talking. You don't know who the enemy has listening to your pain so he can capitalize on it. 
You know why? Because these are controlled by principalities. And did you notice principalities work through personalities? Be careful who you share your pain with. Sometimes people want to hear your pain so they can say, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly where you are. But they use that same thing that they know about you and know about your pain. They use it against you. Be careful who you share your pain with. Now, I'm going to show you this in the scripture. You look at verse 21. Now, you look at this. The Bible says, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, I want you to look at verse 32 right quick. Watch this. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at her feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou has been here, my brother would not have died. They talked about that. Because Mary was in another whole region than Jesus was. Jesus has got there where Martha was and he has not left. They were not talking. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't two-way each other. They couldn't text one another. There was no email. And when she got there, she said the same thing her sister said because they talked about it. You know, that's why people are quick to talk about their pain and they want to make you feel like I understand where you are. But the truth of the matter is they are establishing what you're going through. That's why people can't recover right now when the enemy comes against them because they don't know who they share their pain with. They don't know who they're sharing their pain with. You can't even share your blessing with everybody, let alone your pain. Sharing your pain, you make yourself vulnerable. And when God wants to do stuff, the enemy always come and try to try to debunk it. He always come and try to break it. He comes to try to sabotage it. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And see, and I can tell you right now, they could have taken this thing one of two ways. They could have gotten angry with Jesus because death seemed so final. Your situation that you're in right now seems so final. Sometimes you be like, and some of you along the way, you can remember this if you hadn't done it lately. I'm taking all my doggone books. I'm taking all of the tapes I've gotten. I'm taking all of the CDs, and I want my money back. Ain't none of this stuff working. I want my money back. I ain't. I, I just want my money back. When I see them, and I see them deacons, they're gonna give me my money. Come on. Why? Because you're tired of all of this stuff you're reading, but you're not seeing anything. Or you could just depend on his sovereign grace, the integrity of his character and say, look, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know why it looks like this, but I know you didn't tell me. Let me show you what, what she said. Look at verse 22. We're going back because Martha said that if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But verse 22, look at what she said. But I know. See, you got to know something. You got to know something. This is not the time to start questioning God's character. This is not the time to start questioning his delivering power. 
this is the time that you got to know something. You got to know that all of the stuff you've gone through in the past, God never let you down. All of the times you thought it was over, God never let you down. You have to know something. It's amazing to me how people will see a person's character, even God, and God never failed them, never gave them wrong information, never gave them anything that destroyed them. As soon as they don't understand, all of a sudden it's a problem. All of a sudden, it's a problem, which lets me know you only good as your last act. Anything you've done before don't matter. Listen to what she said. But I know that even now, after he's dead, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it you. She left the door open for faith. You must leave the door open for faith. When you think Jesus taking too much time, you must leave the door open for faith because God has a way of coming in and fixing your whole situation way better than it was before you went through. But you can't stop believing. The Bible says, listen, Jesus wants to receive the end of your faith. The end of your faith. That means don't stop believing. Don't stop walking in faith. Don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping him. Don't stop lifting him up. Don't stop ministering to him. Don't stop because you got to operate like you believe that no matter what I see, Lord is still going to be all right. And you got to pray what he prayed in uh, the scripture in Psalms 138 and 8. Lord, perfect that which concerns me. Perfect that. I don't know what that means, but perfect that which concerns me. And that's a twofold revelation. Perfect that thing that is has to do with my life and to do with my righteousness and do with me serving you. And then perfect that that I'm concerned about. Perfect it. And when you open yourself up to God, you give him legal right to do what God does. <laughs> you give him the legal right to be who God is. You give him the legal right to do the things that God does. Because God, when he perfect that which concern you, he always start at the root and fix it. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Never allow your frustrations to rob you of your faith. Never. I don't care how sad, how frustrated, how angry. Don't ever let it uh, 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 rob you of your faith. You got to stay with God. You got to trust him in spite of and regardless to. And you got to look at it this way. Out of all of the billions of years, all of the Alpha and Omega, he didn't wait on me to tell his first lie. Evidently, there's something I don't understand. And you got to trust him. So this is what they said. They said, listen to what Jesus said. Where have you laid him? Where have you, where have you laid him? The thing that's, that's bothering you, where did you last see it? Where did you leave it? Where is it? See, he had need of coming and fixing that situation. Well, where did you leave off? Go back. Where did you stop believing? Where did you just, what was that place that separated you from your faith? What was that thing that you said, this as far as I can go after this, then I just don't care anymore. Where is that place? Jesus said, where have you laid them? 
but listen to what they say. Come and see. Follow us. Come and see. Now, I'm closing with this. This is the part that has got most people still waiting on Jesus when by now he would have showed up. When Jesus got to where they showed him, the first thing he said to them is what he's saying to you. He said, take the stone away. Somewhere you became calloused when you stopped believing. Somewhere you became frustrated when you stopped believing. Somewhere you became unbelieving when you stopped believing. Somewhere you just broke off from your commitment when you stopped believing. And Jesus is going to take you right back to that place and tell you, before I can do anything for you, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. Listen to what Proverbs 18.9 says. It says, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. The bars of a castle will keep your enemies out, but it'll keep you in. You got to roll the stone away. You got to open yourself up and break up the fallow ground so God can come in and start doing something for you. Start doing something with you because God is never going to work in a hard heart. He's going to always work in a pliable heart. He's, many people right now, uh, sometimes they're not even mad with other people. They're mad with God. Because God didn't do like they thought and he didn't operate like they thought inside of time. And you got to go back and see yourself for God to get involved in your life again. You got to go back and see where you rolled the stone and stop believing. And see, stop believing doesn't mean that you just looked up at God and said, I don't believe you anymore and I don't care anymore. It's when you took a path in the road and your actions start saying I'm not believing anymore. The Bible says in the last days, he said, he said, many will be deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever thing man sow it, that shall he also reap. Don't you ever. I remember one time, and I said this before, that I almost backslid because I put God in a box and he didn't operate like I thought he was going to operate. And I went into my room and I just sit down on my knees on the side of the bed. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of this many, many, many years ago before I was ever even called a pastor. I said, I'm tired of this stuff. Who? How do we know when God is going to operate? How do we know when he's going to move? He just said he would. That could be there at the end of my life and it could but I didn't have sense enough to know that I need to stay with him if it was going to ever happen and I almost backslid and then sooner or later I gathered myself and I said if anything is wrong in the situation it must be me it can't be God and I was healed and I was healed listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 66 and 18 and I'm finishing he said if I regard iniquity in my heart he will not hear me. Iniquity doesn't mean that you're just going out drinking. It doesn't include that, but it doesn't mean that. It means when your heart turns hard and you no longer are receptive to the word of God and the instructions of God, when you can no longer see what God is trying to say and you don't even want to see and you start making your own plans to fix your own situation, you bind God out of your life. And at that point, God can't hear you anymore. He can't hear you. What is the point of praying if God can't hear you? Woo, Jesus. 
What is the point? That's your only defense. To be able to connect with God is to pray. And if God don't hear your prayers, what is the point? Somewhere you will come to that reality. It might be okay now because all hell didn't break loose, but sometimes you get to a place where you're like, you know what? This thing is getting darker and darker and darker. God, where are you? Did you get that? Now, let's get out of here. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. Finances, come forth. House, come forth. Career, come forth. Children, come forth. When that stone rolled away, that's when your prayers will come forth. When you finally get out of that dark spot. When you walk out there and you're receptive to God and you open up your heart to him, you can call forth what it is you're believing for and say, come forth. And you can see the hand of God move. Oh, my God. When you take away the stone from your heart, your prayers will come forth. Listen, guys, me and my wife was talking about this. We was talking about, man, if you pray and you pray and you still praying for the same stuff, stuff you were praying for in 1974, and you still praying for the same stuff, and every year you're praying for the same stuff, somewhere you need to stop and say, I haven't grown in all of this time. Why am I still praying for the same stuff? If, if you don't tell nobody, ask yourself, why am I still here? Why? Listen to what God said. If I be for you, no one can have success against you. There's a difference between an attack and a lifestyle. God does not want to spend all eternity. You're not witnessing anybody. You're not winning any soul. You're not doing all of this. All your time is spent on your trial. That's not God. That's not God. God wants to put you out there where you're starting to work for him. You're starting to move the kingdom for him. And God will resolve your issues as you're going forth, ministering to and for him. God is not here in order to just make you feel better. So, when you move the stone away, your prayers will come forward. Listen, I want to encourage you. There's not one of us, including myself. Well, when we get to a place, and me and my wife do this, when we get to a place where it seems like the, the trial is a little longer than it should have been, we start taking inventory. We stop and we say, hold up. Sometimes she'll come out of our back room and say, you know what? Lord told me this about me. Sometimes she'll come and we'll just be sitting there and I'll say, you know what? The Lord told me this is why this situation is like this. Sometimes she'll say, he told me the same thing. You got to dig. You got to take inventory. You want to know. You need to know. I mean, would it help you if you could convince everybody you was a millionaire, but your bank account said zero? There ain't no blessing in that. 
Everybody else say, man, you balling. But to you, you know, man, I'm trying to get a pack of crackers over here to eat. I mean, somewhere you got to get out of that cycle where it matters more what other people think than what it really is. You got to say, look, I'm, I'm not living this pretense thing. I want it to be a certain way. And the Lord said, this is what it takes to be a certain way. So I got to do it. So it'll be a certain way. Amen. So we're in the last day, guys. And many people want to put up a facade. But I'm here to tell you right now, you want results. You want results. You want to know God is working for you. You want to know God hears you. You want to know that I've seen the power of God in my life. You want to take the weeds out because it will choke the word and make you unfruitful. We're in this day where there's God is separating. I was just reading this. He's separating the wheat from the tares. He's separating it. This is coming a time for the last day harvest, and this is what God is doing. There are some churches who look good. There are some churches that look like they got everything going on, but I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God is left there long ago. And they're operating now in their own wisdom. They're operating right now in their ability as a Fortune 500 leader. They're operating in all those things right there, but that doesn't make the fact that God's Spirit is not there. Closing, I heard this situation one time where this guy, he was a singer. And you can use any ethnicity you want to use because it comes to the same thing. One is not greater than the other. And say the guy went to this church and when they saw what color he was, they said, and see, he could be Hispanic. Doesn't matter. It has the same impact. But he was sitting on the steps. And he was dejected because I went to the house of God and I was supposed to sing and they took one look at me and they told me I wasn't welcome. So he sat there and his heart man was hurting. And all of a sudden the spirit of God came up and sat down beside him and said, son, what's wrong? He said, I'm hurt. I'm not welcome in that church and they won't let me in. And the Holy Spirit said to him, come on, son. They won't let me in either. Listen, we're at the time right now, guys. You got to want this. You got to want to do this. We don't care what nobody thinks. You got to want it. And if you want it, it's going to cost you some work. You're that close from, from the harvest. Why would you come this far to throw it away? Why would you come this far? Jesus. Knowing that all of a sudden in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, you will be changed. At that point, anybody that has anything to say about you won't say it if they're looking at you from this side. I pray for your people right now, Lord, as we. Those of you in social media, I want you to just listen. Because we're about to stop this week. I pray for them. There are those, Lord, that have given up on you. There are those that have just stopped believing. But I pray for them right now that you give them enduring substance. You cause them, Father, regenerate their faith. Cause them to see the need. 
to walk with you, to be with you. Cause them to see the need, Father, to search after you with all their hearts. That they will know I am in the will of God and I'm doing what God wants me to do. That's all that's going to matter. What we do for Christ is the only thing going to last. I pray for them right now that you burn this word in their spirit and in their heart. And that they'll take this word, they'll share it. They'll take this word, Father, and they'll go out, they'll preach it. They'll take this word, Father, and they'll help bring in the end time harvest. The trials, the tests, the things that we're going through right now are insignificant in light of eternity. Help us keep our eyes on you. For you said that when you see all these things happening simultaneously, look up for your redemption draw it nigh. We thank you, Lord, for your grace for your anointing and your favor. In Jesus' name. So guys, until we meet again, if Jesus tarry, whatever you do, whenever you do it, and however you do it, you make sure that you're waiting on the Lord, and that's the only way you know you can. Keep it real.